0: And welcome, indeed, to The Real Money Show. The number is one silver Online to guildhallwealth.com. Make sure you grab yourself an investor kit. Sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor. And there's also the e-store in the top right corner and more details about how you can now use secured registered funds to start investing like RSPs, uh, Lyfts, Liras, TFSAs, and all that good stuff. We'll get to uh, Paul here in a moment, but Darren Long is in studio. Darren, we always start the show with the, uh, the market update. So what do you say we do exactly that?
1: John, it was another week of sideways motion with gold and silver, but on a positive note, we did see during the middle of the week, I guess, Wednesday, Thursday... We saw a decided turn in the U.S. dollar index. Now, late here in the week, we're taping on Thursday afternoon, we've seen a rebound in that U.S. dollar strength against several currencies over the last 24 hours. But on the slightest pullback, and it was uh, bigger than expected of a pullback in the U.S. dollar against a couple of the currencies, we saw gold take off and bounce right through twelve hundred. We're trading right around that range now in the eleven eighty to twelve ten range through the week. Silver trading above sixteen again was slightly below this morning for some exceptional buying opportunities. And again, this all result all revolved around the U.S. dollar this week. Now I can't tell you how much and how sensitive gold is to what the U.S. dollar does. Now, sooner or later, as we have said time and time again on the show, the Ponzi scheme will be up. You will see gold and silver react. Act and respond as they have done throughout this entire bull market. But uh, what a week it was. It was an excellent week. We want to congratulate all of our new clients this week. Welcome to Guildhall. It's great to have you aboard. And we had a fantastic seminar on uh, on Wednesday evening in Markham. It was well attended. Good. It was a capacity crowd. We had no room left for seating. And it was all about bullion and how to get gold and silver into your TFSAs and RRSPs and depository accounts with Guildhall. And I'll tell you, we had our partners there. It was a fantastic evening. They discussed all about the intricacies of TFSAs and uh, RSPs and other type of RSPs. And what we found out was that all RSPs are eligible to have bullion in them, provided there is space. If you've never opened up your TFSA and you've been uh, the age of consent since day one, that means you have $41,000 worth of cap space in your TFSA at this point in time, and it would be foolish not to use some of that up. It's a great way to save money in your pocket. And of course, our government was kind enough to offer to us, and they've just extended it an additional 10000 per year that could easily be diverted towards owning some gold and silver right here and right now. And it was a fantastic evening. We had so many questions, John. Uh, There were so many people from the community out there. And of course, this is something that we're going to ramp up as the year progresses right into the next uh, major RSP season. And certainly these seminars are where people can get educated. Now that being said, I want everybody that's listening to know that if you need information about how this can be done, it's as simple as using the contact numbers that are giving you that are being given out today during our show. And of course, at any point in time, you can feel free to call the firm and ask questions about how to get gold and silver in your RSP or TFSA or other RSPs. So it was an exciting event. We had a lot of fun, great food, good time, and uh, we're happy that we could have put that event on. It's nice you can actually
0: use in uh, your RSP or other registered funds room for something that's actually worth it, right, that you can actually see and hold and touch and have you know in your hand, not vaporware or paper.
1: Well, that's just it, and I started off that seminar, John. I opened it up, and Jeremy actually presented the bullion portion at the seminar this week, but I started that up by asking people a very simple question and that was how many of the audience of uh, people there have RSPs currently, mutual funds, RSPs, hands go up, probably about 80 to 90% said yes. And of course, the next question is keep your hand up if you could name just one of the funds that you hold within your RSP, if you hold a fund. 80% of the hands go down. 50% (laughs) of of the hands go down. And of course, the last question and the most important is let's see who knows where their money is actually parked. And to that end, you ask a simple question. Of the people who know or can name one fund within your RSP mutual fund, how many could name 50% of the companies that are in that fund? and not only one person again, one person in the entire room, and we're talking dozens and dozens and dozens of people were in that room and only one person knew where his money was. And Probably of course, an advisor or a financial planner. Well, we <laughs> didn't, I didn't challenge him. He self-directs so yeah. he has more time. He is reaching the age of retirement shortly so he devotes a lot of time to understanding yeah. and educating himself about money. But it just goes to show you that we as Canadians don't take enough time to understand where our money is. And on your point exactly, John, Owning gold and silver means it's tangible. It can be held. You can see it. We passed around a 100-ounce bar, just as an example. It's a very common thing in our office to see them. We take them for granted. They're so frequent now. But when you actually hold on to almost seven pounds of silver sitting in your hand, the reaction that you get from the audience is incredible. And to think, you know, that uh, holds value. That's money in your hands. It's not paper. It's not a promise. It's not an IOU. And it's certainly not something that you have to guess at where it is. You know exactly where it's parked. You know where it's going to be. And that's what this is all about, educating people to know where their money is at any given point in time. It's almost like comfortably old school, you know what I mean? You're actually holding money it's like you know thousands of years of people doing this almost the way it should be right i think if you ask people even from our parents generation john they will tell you that it was far more common for them to hold coins for them to walk down the street and have a couple silver dollars in their pocket it was just something that was common sense They had it within their bank accounts. I'm a perfect example of it. I turned 18 and when I turned 18, I was left uh, a small trust fund from my great, great aunt and in that trust fund was bullion. And uh, at the time, it was $35,000 worth of bullion and of course um, you have to come to the realization that you have no idea what it was. I was too young to recognize that the value of this long term, but I converted to fiat because I needed to go to school, put it towards debt, but uh, and it's a smart thing, of course. It held its value Mm -hmm. and it's something that had been that was begun on my behalf as early as the 1950s so very interesting segue into being in this particular space and time with guild hall but to let our listeners know exactly what they can expect when you're buying with guild hall It's not like buying paper investments. It's not like investing in an ETF or a stock. We don't sell those types of vehicles. If you're looking for that type of vehicle, Guildhall is not the place. We don't give advice on what your portfolio should or shouldn't have. We're experts in one particular arena, and that is bullion. And then of course, when you listen to our show, you also know the other area of emphasis is colored diamonds. Those are hard assets. These are tangible items. We do not want people to think that if you're going to buy gold and silver, You should do it any other way than to hold it physically. And with Guildhall, you have the option of taking that product home. And once you take it home, you can always bring it back to us to sell it. Of course, if you'd like to open up an account at Guildhall, you can have it stored within our depository. It's secured product. It's allocated and it can be serialized so that the exact bars you put in are the exact bars you, you get out. Imagine going to your bank on a Friday, depositing your check and saying, could I have uh, $10 bills and I'd like the sequential serial numbers so that they're my bill and I know they're my bills, and then coming back on Tuesday of next week and saying, by the way, can I get those $10 bills out now? you You got three heads. You know, well there was a time when it wasn't always like that, but this is this is exactly what you can look forward to with Guildhall. It's physical product and of course when you're opening up an account it's all going to be done using a very tried and true method and it's world renowned. It's become world renowned. In our depository where we store the product, world renowned secure, it's insured, Lloyds of London. That means all the product is underwritten against natural occurring disasters, against theft, against Mm -hmm. vandalism and you got liquidity you can pick up that phone talk to one of us at the office directly and be able to put in a sell order knowing you can get your funds out quickly and efficiently
0: one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com make sure you as i mentioned off the top check of the precious metal advisors sign up for that click on the e-store and start investing in the uh, the comfort of your home, own home literally it's almost like it's, it's just a quick jump you know you got to convince people it sounds so weird to own physical metal in, in 2015 but there's 15 jewelry stores in every plaza where people are willing to buy jewelry made of the same stuff. Why not turn it around and use it for investment, right? That That's makes perfect just sense. It.
1: We talked about it. We yeah. talked about it last night at the seminar and the idea of actually taking bullion you currently own, which could have been passed down from grandpa and grandma, and you might own a few ounces of gold. That product can be bought back in, brought back into Guildhall and turned into an RSP or TFSA account. And people don't realize this. I can tell you, hands down, across the entire country, we will be the only firm doing it the way we're doing it, and this is going to be world renowned. It's already uh, being heard about all over the world, and of course, people are going to be coming to us to use this, especially Canadians, for that purpose alone—the TFSA and the RRSP.
0: You know, we talked about uh, you know the price of silver between the relationship between that and gold. Could the, the
1: price of silver ever? Well, let me just say it out there: it, can it outperform gold eventually? Well, that's a lot of people ask that question. You know, we talk about the fundamentals and we talk about what drives pricing and we've always maintained that there are four basic fundamentals and throughout the rest of this segment, and the next we'll talk more uh, specifically about each fundamental. But the answer is yes, we do believe there could come a time when silver does actually outperform and supersede gold. And part mm-hmm. of that is that in percentage terms, um, it's had a very encouraging performance along this bull market. We've seen silver, from a percentage standpoint, outperform gold since day one. Now, even though some people won't know what the relationship is, as you said, John, um, when we saw silver this year alone uh, begin the year, it was starting, you know, to to look as though it was going to move. And of course, before the end of March, before the end of February, we had a move up to eighteen dollars and change in silver. Now we're back down to the 16, 15, 16, 20 level, but mm-hmm. that just means that it's already given us a sign, an inkling of where it's going. And it is outperforming gold so far this year. The yellow metal started around two thousand fifteen, around eleven eighty-nine per ounce, and was last at today, just just below twelve hundred an ounce. And at twelve hundred it's up around one percent, whereas silver's been up around seven, eight percent. Now If you look back historically, if we go back to the last bull market we had, and uh, I want to leave people with something to think about before we go to the next segment. The 70s was an interesting time because what we're seeing is a repetition of a lot of those major problems. We're seeing the threat of inflation. Mm -hmm. We're seeing geopolitical instability around the world. We're seeing economies clash. We're seeing the reserve currency get tested again, which was happening with the US dollar back then, which is why Nixon removed the gold standard. He needed flexibility to print money in order to stay ahead of these economies, and that's what he did. And during that, uh, during that entire decade, believe it or not, the price of gold actually ventured up 2300%, culminating with a peak of 850 in January of 1980. Now, if you're a listener and you want to know exactly what silver did in the 1970s, stay tuned because when we come back, I'm going to tell you about the best performing metal you've ever seen.
0: We'll take a short break. That number to start investing, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Click on the e-store, learn about using RSP and other secured funds to, uh, to begin investing as well, the uh, Precious Metal Advisor will be there to sign up for and get the investor kit more of the real money show coming up on talk radio name 640 and back into it more of the real money show One Eight Seven Seven Eight silver is your number Guildhallwealth.com is the website make sure you sign up for the precious metal advisor the e-store in the top right corner easy quick way to start investing uh darren we just left off with uh the fact or at least the possibility of silver eventually outperforming gold in that discussion right
1: we did and from from what i've seen fundamentally in both markets i think that common sense dictates we're gonna take a while before we get silver up in the 1200 hundred dollar range but when we were talking about the seminar jeremy made a really good point and he was talking about a couple of charts one of which was showing some of the ratios uh, and one of them was what it would take or where the price of gold would go if it held to some of these traditionally historic ratios now if gold only went to 1200 and did nothing more throughout Mm -hmm. this bull market, but silver rallied to make 16 to 1, which is historically what the ratio is between gold and silver. Mm -hmm. That means right now that the price of silver would rally up to about $75 an ounce. That in of itself is incentive enough to look at silver as possibly the best uh, undervalued metal. But if you relate it back to what we were saying before the segment, and this yep. is what blows people away, we said gold had traversed 2,300% higher during the 70s in that bull market, which mimicked a lot of the exact same things that are going on in the economy right now. Okay. Well, as good as gold was, silver was even better. It went up 3,200% wow. from 5 to $52 an ounce. And that in and of itself is nothing short of amazing. But to think that we're alive in this time and space when that's actually Happening again, and silver is now only trading at sixteen dollars an ounce. Well, the crazy, an the crazy
2: thing is that all the gold that's ever been produced is still above ground. There is less silver above ground than there is gold. It's about five to one ratio. So, in fact, silver is rarer Rare, than right. gold. Yet it's you know at an 84, 85 to one ratio, whatever it is. Um, you know, it just really doesn't make sense. I'm you know we're recording this show th- Thursday afternoon. Gold and silver got knocked down today. It just doesn't make any sense. And fiat currency, they keep on printing it. And one of the things that Jeremy said yesterday, which was really interesting, you know, in 100 years, the U.S. dollar is actually depreciated about 98%. 98% the buying power.
1: Its purchasing power has dropped 98%.
2: Yeah, you know, an ounce of gold is approximately $1,200 U.S., if you put that into Canadian we're almost at fifteen hundred dollars and when you see the headlines silver or gold has dropped down to you know twelve hundred it's fifteen hundred dollars it's a dollar twenty four dollar twenty five mm-hmm. and changing it up in currency. silver's trading at sixteen dollars it's actually twenty dollars, and that's still not bad i've been in this business since two thousand and two silver was trading at three dollars and eighty cents an ounce, so even from three eighty to sixteen dollars that's you know twelve three hundred percent If you take it in Canadian dollars, it's 400%. Gold, when I first went in 2002, it was trading at $250 an ounce. Today, we're around about $1,200 an ounce. If you put that into Canadian, around about $1,500 an ounce, that's a 500% return. You know, it's a great, great investment. You really should have heart. We're not telling, prescribing our clients to have nothing but gold and silver in your portfolio. You need fifteen, twenty percent it's a hard asset. What it actually is and is is an insurance policy. You have life insurance, car insurance, home insurance, you have all types of insurances to protect you to protect your hard earned wealth, your capital, your money. you really need another insurance policy. Yes, the stock market has done tremendously well in the last four years. But if you had your mark, money in the market in 2008 and 2009, you got absolutely slaughtered. Great, the stock market's gone up, but not every. We did the seminar last night. We asked the question how many people have RSPs? You know, probably 65, 70% put their hands up. How many people had TFSAs? The same thing. Darren asked a question who knows what they own in their portfolio in their mutual funds, can they name one stock that they own? Did we have a hand up? It's crickets. One hand. Yep. One hand up that knew what they owned. Most people invest got no idea. So when we tell people or advise people to put 15 to 20 percent, the reason we're telling you is real estate's gone up. It's doing terrifically well because interest rates are low. Mm-hmm. Stock market is doing extremely well. Not everybody's making money in the stock market. I know lots of people that look at their portfolio every month. They get their statement. They throw up on their shoes. <laughs> They're just not doing very well because you know, not everybody has that insider information, what stocks to buy and when to buy, and the first option uh, at an IPO that comes out. Of course you're going to make money. You know, If you buy something at $20 and it opens at $50 or $60, Done. you're ahead of the game. You've got to be ahead of the game. Anyway, that's another story, and I don't want to get into that. But stock market is up. You're getting maybe if you're in, you're in really high-quality blue chips, you're getting 4 5% dividends. But what happens if the stock market right now that's up retraces back 30% or 40% and that can easily happen any day? That 4% that you've made every year for four years is 15 16 20% of the max, and you lose 30% of your capital in the stock market basically what 's happened in the market right now, gold and silver 's been beaten up because it was easy to put your money in the stock market. It was easy to put your money in real estate. Nothing goes up in a straight line if you 're making money in the market now right now, best advice I could give you is take some money off the table. you know live to fight another day. Uh, nobody ever loses taking some profit off the table, but you need to have fifteen to twenty percent we 're not saying have one hundred percent it 's an insurance policy. Right now silver's trading at sixteen dollars. We believe over the next few years it 's going to go back to the high of where it was in May two thousand and eleven of forty nine dollars in 19, the end of the 1970, 80, you know silver went to fifty two dollars it went from two dollars to fifty two dollars as Darren said, gold went from one hundred dollars to eight hundred and fifty eight hundred and eighty dollars. It's going to happen again. When you are printing fiat currencies, and one of the things Jeremy did yesterday in the presentation was absolutely wonderful. We showed a picture. We talk about the US debt of $18 trillion in debt. People, it's a number. It's a figure. We had a a little film clip of what a trillion dollars looked like. You know, it's three football fields of skids of bundles of money On skids, two skids high, three football fields. That's one trillion. trillion. And then we showed what $18 trillion looked like with the Statue of Liberty, with all the buildings around it, it looks like $18 trillion. That debt could never be paid back. The only way that debt can be paid back is by printing more money and confiscating your wealth and diluting the value of the dollar. And that's why we're talking about the buying power of. Over the U.S., the U.S. have gone, lost 98 percent of their buying power in, in, you know, in 100 years. Gold is a safe bet. It's been a safe bet for 5,000 years. You know, people don't dive for ships, go to war, you know, From from mutual funds, you know, for paper.
0: One eight seven seven eight silver is the number, guildhallwealth.com is the uh, website, check on the e-store, click on that to start investing directly. Darren, give me some, uh, I guess we call them catalysts, it'll spark a, a bull market, if you, if you will, in, in gold and silver.
1: Well, in the short term, there are five of them, and they're very important to note because alongside of the fundamentals, we've always talked about the markets of gold and silver as being event-driven markets. Now, the first one, and probably the most important, deals with the inability or ability of the Federal Reserve in the U.S. to adjust interest rates as they said they are going to. Now, they've talked about putting these interest rates up for about three years now, and they've delayed it further till end of year. Janet Yellen signaled to investors to anticipate these interest rates heights uh, from the Fed later this year, and there will be expectations of a tighter monetary policy, and that's helped lift the U.S. dollar versus the euro and most other currencies. And despite the much stronger dollar compared to other fiat currencies, gold has still remained very firm, as well as silver. So if you have the other side of that coin, the Fed's failing to follow through on this policy change and interest rates staying where they are, or even effectively getting weaker, if that can happen, I'm sure it can the U.S. dollar could tumble. This would signal a jump in precious metals prices, and you would see gold and silver take off. They're very sensitive towards the U.S. dollar. As I said earlier in the show, this week was a perfect example. The U.S. dollar index earlier in the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, started dropping, and right away gold shot up right through 12 Twelve hundred, And in our office, it's always amazing because the first thing that happens is we're watching the prices and everybody will comment to each other, did you see that? And of course, what we mean is that the prices are jumping. And ultimately, what the Fed is saying is that their decision is going to hinge on. Uh, on whether the economic data, especially pertaining to employment, comes in stronger or weaker in the months ahead. Listeners to our show know that it's just a farce to expect that the U.S. economy is going to strengthen. Monetary and financial analysts the world over are skeptics about monetary policy in the U.S., and that's why we anticipate this as being the first and most important catalyst to take and propel gold and silver higher. The second one is that the debt crisis could hit home. This is very important to recognize. In March, the federal government reached its statutory debt ceiling of more than $18.1 trillion. There's little doubt that the debt limit will eventually be raised once more, like it has been over the last 36 to 60 months. But reckless political brinkmanship along the way could rattle the markets, and we don't know what impact that'll have. On the stock market. Of course, when Congress inevitably in the U.S. moves to raise the debt ceiling again, it won't solve the problem of debt. In fact, it'll only exacerbate that problem. And since the financial crisis began at the end of 2007, total worldwide debt levels have increased by $57 It's inconceivable. You can't even imagine what that is in your head. And of course, what that means is that at present... That leaves us with a a U.S. fiscal gap, if you combine all of their debts and all of the liabilities they have long term, of approximately $210 trillion. Where are they going to get it? They're going to tax people. That's where they're going to get it, and they're going to weaken the dollar to do it. Now, seeing the effects of what it will have on gold and silver means they're prolonging that as long as they have to. But in order for these things to occur, one of the other has to occur, and, of course, gold and silver are going to benefit. So a debt crisis hitting home here, either in Canada, the U.S., or all altogether, that would be another driver. And then when we get to segment four... And we'll talk a little more about the other 3 catalysts that are going to take these markets higher but that just means you have an opportunity right now to get your hands on physical gold and silver if you get in contact with Hall. If you want to put it into an RSP of any type we can facilitate that for you. It's a very simple process. If you'd like to take some product and put it in a storage facility outside of an RSP that can also be accomplished. You can own coins you can own bars. You can get serial numbers and go and visit your product if you'd like. This can be done from anywhere in the world and you can manage it by a phone call anywhere in the entire world.
2: The, the other thing is as well is, you know, if you're going to invest in a TFSA, a tax-free free savings account, uh, the amount you can put in this year for 2015 raises, is raise it raises, is raises to $10,000. Right. Um, if you're over the age of 26, which means, you know, you've been investing in it, but if you haven't invested in a TFSA, you can put as much as $41,000 into a TFA, and that's a tax-free account. Mm -hmm. So if you were to buy silver today at $16, as an example, and we believe it's going to go to $48 over the next little while, whether it's six months, a year, 18 months, two years, it's definitely going to move up. You've got that opportunity for $40,000, whether it's $10,000, it doesn't matter. You can make twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 by investing into gold and silver, especially silver because I think it's extremely undervalued, in a TFSA which is secure, it's allocated product, it's segregated product, it's insured. Um, through um, Questrate that we use that is is actually um, looking after the account and it's insured for up to a million dollars for each account so it's really in a safe secure situation but you've got the opportunity to make some money tax-free and be able to use that money enjoy the money uh, and be in a in a very very strong investment uh, most people don't know how to invest in gold and silver, especially into any type of savings plan that is registered. It could be a TFSA. It could be an RRSP. It could be a lift, It can be any one of the accounts of, uh, from a pension that you've got you want to put into gold and silver. So give us a call. We'll be happy to you know, get you started in this. And as Darren said, you can have – it's segregated. It's allocated. It's, we will give you the bar numbers so that you know if you get three bars of silver, we'll give you those bar numbers. You can come and visit it. You can't do that with any other institution. So this is a great way to own physical product, not ETFs, not certificates, not stocks, not futures, not options on futures. The real thing, and that's gold and silver, and you can have that In your portfolio, in your RSP, in your TFSA, or any other type of registered pension. So give us a call. John,
0: 18778Silver nice. is that number online to guildhallwealth.com. Do all those things. Sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor and have a look at the e store as well if you want to start uh, getting some precious metal online. We'll take a short break and get back into the other half of the wonderful investments they offer. That would be natural, fancy colored diamonds. This is the Real Money Show on Talk Radio, Name 640. 18778Silver is the number to start investing. Guildhallwealth.com, or in this case, guildhalldiamonds.com is a good place. Precious Metal Advisor, sign up for that. Darren is the author. Write some good stuff in there. And the e store at the top. Right to start investing in precious metals in the comfort of your own home, as they uh, as they say in the infomercials. But this is much better. It's an investment that will actually grow, as will natural, fancy colored diamonds. I love these.
2: One and just before we get into the diamond mm. segment, I just wanted to say, anybody that opens up a TFSA or an RRSP account yep. with with funding it with five thousand dollars US, will give you as a little bonus. Five ounces, a five ounce bar of silver. That's an awesome so, bonus. So you know, it's a little bit extra. You can give it to your kids, grandkids, or whatever. But it's a bonus for just opening an account.
1: Let's do. Uh, let's talk about some diamonds, boys. Well, I want to talk first about how uh, awesome the interview that. Nicole, the Queen of Colored Diamonds, That's her. Uh, had last week with Ms. Michelle you in. Yeah. Uh, from Luxify. That was uh, She's in Hong Kong, so there was a time difference. And Nicole did a fantastic job, was an outstanding uh, few minutes to listen to. And really what the takeaway from that was is that you are seeing an angle that you only hear about from our show, but now from other people. And the point to be made is that... There is a growing demand for colored diamonds that's happening all over the world, and sometimes we get a little bit sheltered here because the salespeople that work for very large institutions would rather you focus on their financial products, and that's understandable, but the reality is people want that tangible asset and not always will it be gold and silver. Sometimes it can be colored diamonds, but we wanted to say what a fantastic opportunity this was to hear from somebody like Michelle and to find out what the demand uh, variances are over there. And really what it's telling us is that demand is jumping tenfold. No, they're snapping them up, right? And they are. And that's going to continue to be uh, the same case. A lot of our diamonds do make it overseas and that's just a fact of life. And competition is fierce, Paul has a very difficult time securing the a type of diamond that we're used to getting, and the price continues to rise. So as an investor, these are the things I love to hear. This is what I want. I want a proven track record. I want to put money in my pocket, and I want something that's safe and secure.
2: This is, you know, what Darren's saying, uh, you know, we've always spoken about, is that, you know, when we, for example, we sell uh, internally flawless, vivid yellow diamonds, you can't find any. I bought a parcel this week, um, I always say that some of the the cutters and polishers and some of the dealers, what they're doing is they have the diamonds and they put them to the back of the safe. This week I bought some three vivid IF diamonds, mm. each and it comes obviously it comes with a GIA, GIA, which is a Gemology Institute of America. But they were from 2007. They were still in the packaging from GIA. Has it wow. come back? So what somebody had done, you know, is they. Cutting polisher, they, they had it and they put mm-hmm. it at the back of the safe. And today I'm paying one hundred and fifty to two hundred percent more <laughs> for that product from seven, eight years ago. Yeah. But guess what? I don't care if the GIA says two thousand and seven, the prices have gone up. One of the diamonds that I bought, and I have to tell everybody about it, uh, which I you know, I very, very rarely see. It's a one point sixteen vivid yellow, internally flawless emerald cut. Mm. It's Absolutely stunning. The color is golden yellow. I mean, golden. Um, and the fire and the scintillation that comes off of this diamond is just amazing. I just, I'm just so excited to put it into appraisal to see what this in actual fact is going to come back at appraise. But it's just an unbelievable stone. I also picked up um, a 108 A Fancy Vivid IF, which was in the parcel, and a 111 Fancy Vivid IF, both cushioned stones, just incredibly amazing. And we've got a parcel of pinks coming in, um, which is also uh, all Argyle pinks, all VS quality. We are so excited about these diamonds because they're round, they're brilliant cut. So um, we've got different sizes, .23, .24, .25, just amazing, amazing investments. And with the Argyle mine closing in 2018, 2020, these diamonds, uh, they're not going to be around. Not in VS quality. I was at one of my suppliers, I had a meeting with them, and they pulled me out, I don't know, maybe 60, 70 pink diamonds. A lot of pink diamonds, but there was only one VS Diamond that they had, and I bought it. Everything else was I1, I2. Not interested. Not interested. It's not investment grade for me. This morning I get to the office. I was out early this morning. I get to the office. I got three emails one from Israel, one from India, and one from Australia, all trying to sell me pink diamonds. Not one of the suppliers from these three people had a VS diamond. They're all SI1, I1, I2s. Great prices. But it's not an investment. You know, we try to educate our clients into what to buy. What is an investment stone? You know, for every 10,000 white stones mined, only one carrot, or out of 10,000 carrots, one carrot will be colored. It doesn't mean it's an investment grade. Mm-hmm. You know, a colored stone can be a brown stone, a chocolate, they call it cognac, champagne, a black stone. They've got no value. It's okay for costume jewelry, but not as an investment. When you start getting into yellows, for example, there's fa- there's light fancy, there's fancy, there's intense, there's vivid. Those are the three categories we carry. We don't carry light fancy. Light fancy is just an off-color yellow or off-color white, I should say. In the last 12 months alone, white diamonds have dropped 15%. Dropped. Va- dropped. Whereas colored diamonds have appreciated anywhere. It all depends what diamond you've got, whether it's a yellow, pink, blue, red. Mm-hmm. On average, is have appreciated between… 18, it's between 18 to about 30% on if you've got a, a vivid one and a half carat internally flawless, that's up 30% this year so out of 10,000 carats of white Stein, stones mine, one carat's coloured, so to find a fancy, vivid, internally flawless you've got to mine about a million carats this is how rare it is we go out of our way to buy the best of best diamonds, everything that I buy has, first of all, I'm looking at the color. The color has to be evenly saturated. It has to be a good-looking stone. Then I look at the cut, whether it's a, you know, a radian, a cushion, whether it's round, a brilliant, a pear-shaped. shape. That is very important because that gives off the fire and the color in the diamond, especially in an emerald cut, which is very, very rare. You know, they just went into auction last week, mm-hmm. a hundred-carat white diamond D, internally wow. flawless. It was an emerald cut. Whenever you see a high, high high-quality diamond cut, it's an emerald cut. So, um, you know, it's important that you get the right stone. The next thing we look at is the clarity. When we buy a yellow stone, for example, it has to be over a carat. We don't sell stones that are half a uh, carat, 0.65. They're not investment grade because if you buy anything under a carat, I'll give you a tip if anybody's out there and is looking to buy an engagement ring. You know, if you buy a stone that's 0.98, it's 40% cheaper than a carat because we grade at 1 carat to 124, 125 to 149. Anything less than a carat is 40% cheaper than that. When you get into half carat, for example, if you're going to buy a half carat stone, if you buy 0.48, 449, that's going to be 30, 40% cheaper than a half carat. (laughs) So when you go and look at people's websites and you see half carat yellows or 0.65 in VS quality or SI quality, they are not investment grades. They are chump jewelry. It's for to put in a piece of jewelry, not as a, it's not an investment stone. When you buy a diamond, make sure that you get a full GIA. Because what a GIA gives you is everything, all the information about the diamond. If it's a full GIA, it's going to tell you the color, is the grade of the diamond, the clarity of the diamond. It's going to give you a plot of the diamond to show you how the diamond is cut, if there's any extra facets. If it's a VS quality, for example, it will show you what the clarity is and and what the inclusion is. When you buy a half cert, it doesn't show you anything. Buyer beware, because what you buy is what you get, and you're going to have a real, real tough time ever selling that diamond back to anybody. The GIA so, is
0: like the diamond DNA; you need it. Right? Absolutely, yeah.
2: but again, every diamond we sell comes with an appraisal. We mm-hmm. deal with uh, a company that's been in business for the longest time with a great, great reputation. Um, so, when you buy a diamond, you really—it's who you're dealing with. You know, a question you should ask your supplier or what, your dealer. Will you buy back the diamond? We don't buy back anybody else's diamonds if they bought it from somebody else because most times it's diamonds that we would have turned down. We only buy the finest quality as an investment grade and we know that it's going to increase in value. Why would I buy a piece of garbage that I've got to sell once, take it back and sell it twice? Am I insane? (laughs) You know, nobody does that. You know, Nobody does that. So every diamond that we pick, first of all, you know, Nicole, my daughter, is a GIA diamond graduate. You know, she goes through all the GIAs before I even look at the diamond because if a diamond doesn't meet our criteria, and the criteria can be not only, GIA is not going to tell you or show you the color, but it's going to show you the size of the diamond. It's going to show you the table. That's the top of the diamond. It's going to show you the depth of the diamond. If a diamond is too deep, it's not going to get any reflection. It's not going to get any color. If it's, if it's too shallow, it's the same thing. It's good for jewelry. It makes it look big, but it's not an investment grade. The diamond has to be perfectly graded to be a great, great diamond. Also, an inclusion. A diamond can have an inclusion, but it all depends where the inclusion is. Is the inclusion right on the table or is it on the side of the diamond? If you're going to put it into a piece of jewelry, it's never going to show. Mm -hmm. These are the things that you need to know. So when you're dealing with a company like Guildhall Diamonds, we have probably the best selection right now of internally flawless yellows. Argyle pinks, we only carry VS quality in pinks. And you've got to take into consideration the Argyle mine is going to be closing uh, probably in the next three years, four years. What happens when that mine closes? Right now they're pulling out smaller and smaller stones because they have to deep digger, deep dig deeper and mm-hmm. deeper and deeper. And as you go deeper, the stones get smaller. It, you know, when you first go into a mine, it's like you're taking the lowest growing fruit. Yep. It's easy. But now you're going deeper, it becomes more and more expensive, and there's not much more to come out of that mine. There is no new mines coming on. And if you look at the Argyle mine, they produce 90% of the world's pinks, 90%. And yet it's only one-tenth of 1% of their production. So their production is white diamonds and brown diamonds, and those are most of the diamonds that come out of that mine. One-tenth of 1% is pink. Now, it doesn't mean I can hold in the palm of my hand they have a tender every year. They put 55 of their best diamonds of that year that they've cut and polished. It doesn't even fill a teaspoon. That's what, you know, the 55 mm-hmm. diamonds. Yet, you know, they go into tender and people i have been to the tender in Hong Kong and, you know, we bid on, on diamonds and we've been very fortunate in the past that we've able to get diamonds. In 2012, we got three diamonds. 2013, we got nothing. We bid 30% more than we did the year before. Last year, we bid over 30%, and we didn't win a diamond last year. But there was only 10 or 11 VS diamonds out of 55 diamonds in the whole collection last year. So it just shows you. The tender's been going for 30 years. If you look at the tender, 50, 55 diamonds every year for 30 years, that's 1,500 diamonds that are of spectacular quality. Out of those 1,500 diamonds, only about 20% of VS quality. So that means there's only 300 diamonds out there worldwide worldwide, in VS quality. And, you know, a couple of years ago I said we had three all VS. Um, So even though we sell Argyle pinks, we still go for the VS quality on regular diamonds because these are the diamonds that are going to go increase in value. If you're looking to retire, you're looking to put your kids through school, you know, if you've got a couple of kids, what a great investment. Buy a couple of pinks, put them away. You know, a diamond today that's fifty thousand dollars can easily be worth a quarter of a million dollars. You know, in ten, fifteen, twenty years. Sure. Because I know what's happened in the prices. We had a, an Argyle pink that we had was from the tender. We had it originally on for a hundred and forty-five thousand, and we sold that diamond for three hundred ninety thousand three years after the two years after the fact, because that was the replacement value. Because you can't find find them, and people want. Would you go – I'm going to give you a really simple question. Would you buy a Ferrari brand new scratch and dent?
0: Absolutely not.
2: So why would you buy a diamond? Point taken. You know, you you buy a house. Do you go in and have somebody come in and check it out before you buy it to make sure that, you know, it's the real thing and you're not going to have problems? It's the same thing with a diamond. We are experts in this. We spend a lot of time going through to find the quality to bring to our clients. And, yes, we do have – a resale application that we can sell the diamonds for you. But I don't take anybody else's diamonds back because it's not a diamond that I would have picked in the first place. Unless the diamond is of such unbelievable quality, but most people don't bring that back because if they bought it somewhere else, they've already tried to sell it back to the supplier, and the supplier didn't want it. The number is one silver online to guildhalldiamonds.com.
0: Check out the collection. And the other half of a wonderful piece of investing will be natural fancy color diamonds. We'll uh, get Darren back in here in just a few minutes. Get back into our uh, well, the five catalysts that will spark a bull market in gold and silver. We'll get back into that and update and wrap up the show as well. The Real Money Show right here on Talk Radio, AM640. And back with more of The Real Money Show, one silver You should know that number by now. Online to guildhallwealth.com. Check out the e-store. Sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor. Get the Investor Kit. All these wonderful tools you can get in your arsenal and uh, learn how you can use your rsp and your tfsa and other secured uh, registered funds to start investing in tangible heavy assets of precious metals gold and silver we're talking about the catalyst that uh, may
1: spark a bull market you got to number two i think we got three left right d We do have three left, and the next one I wanted to touch on was geopolitical turmoil. We've talked about this as a driving fundamental, but it's also an event that can drive a market. We've seen this happen from time to time as regional conflicts or economic upheaval does definitely drive countries to buy gold. Now, when we're doing the seminar this week, Jeremy pointed out a very interesting statistic that up until 2008, end of 2008, Central banks around the world have been engaged in the process of selling or liquidating gold holdings, and each year, in accordance with the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, They had set rules for how much gold could be sold by each central bank. This is just a guidance to give people the ability at those banks to have uh, some type of rule in place to liquidate their products or their holdings. Now they were doing that to drive business, doing that to make money and also, of course, I'm sure to a certain extent doing that because they're part of the whole act of uh, cronyism that exists within that particular industry where all friends get together and this friend does the same thing the other and of course that's one way to keep the price suppressed now 2009 came and this changes so we see lots of political turmoil we see lots of economic turmoil we see lots of geopolitical unrest and like the 1970s as we've been doing throughout this entire show there are certain similarities back then we might have pointed towards russia afghanistan and the 20-year war we might have talked about things like the iran hostage situation there were certain events that sparked interest in owning gold and silver which along with the bull market that it was already in drove more buying since 2009 it's interesting to note that central banks around the world have actually become net buyers of gold which means despite what they're telling the people of their economies that the stock market is healthy that the housing market is healthy that employment is strengthening you are seeing a progressive move towards the ownership of gold now ask yourself why would they do this and The answer is very simple. They don't want you to know that they're owning gold. They don't want you to think about them holding gold because if you knew that they were buying gold, you would not have as much faith in the currency. And since currency is backed by nothing more than the confidence of the people the world over, anything that uh, would hamper that confidence would drive currency lower. If the economy is not prepared to have that happen, then of course, they don't want their currencies to drop. So you are seeing that happen right now. And of course, more recently, we've have, you know, a period of sharply rising international tensions, the recent controversy over Iran's nuclear ambitions, and the Obama administration's deal to lift sanctions on them is just one of the many simmering geopolitical threats. I mean, from unrest, in Yemen, to the terrifying spread of ISIS, to the uh, dangerous provocations of Russia, you know, a breakout of international conflict would definitely drive massive demand for safe haven buying. And this is one of the major catalysts that we could point to as being part of the reasons why we would see gold and silver jump in price. Now, the next one, and probably one of the most important that we talk about is relates to supply and demand, there has been a declining mining production uh, in the gold market and in particular other uh, various metals markets and if you know as a listener or not I'm going to tell you silver comes out of the ground primarily as a byproduct of these types of metals so we don't see primary mining for silver there are not tons of new mines opening up you're not seeing blue chip mines establish themselves and essentially about 80 percent of what comes out of the ground every year is coming because some other company is mining gold copper uh, zinc or lead or other metals and of all the potential catalysts for an up-move in precious metals prices, probably this is the most direct factor, which would be uh, a shortfall of supply relative to demand. And I mean, that's just pure economics 101. The silver market saw a 3 million ounce surplus in 2014, which isn't a lot. But after several months of silver prices falling below all-in production costs at many mines, silver production stands to decline in the face of strong demand. Now, unprofitable mining operations, are they're scaling back and even shifting shutting down. HSBC analysts just this past week project an 11 million ounce silver supply deficit in 2015. And as Jeremy pointed out this week in the seminar, the last 20 years has been a net uh, deficit in terms of the available silver we've had. So what we've done is we've taken all that above ground product that we used to have. And even back in the seventies, when the price of silver went to $52 an ounce, three and a half billion ounces above the ground, And it's all been used up. And, of course, the largest and fastest-growing segment of demand is industrial. So when we talk about usages on the program, it's important to note, if you've owned a cell phone, if you've owned a a cordless phone, if you own a fridge, a microwave, if you've owned solar, laptops, TVs, tablets. Well, there's another reason,
2: Darren, why there's pressure on silver, Uh, to be low on governments to keep the price down because they need it for industrial use. They need it for manufacturing. You know, whether it's cell phone, flat-screen TVs, uh, solar panels, solar panels, whether it's uh, missiles, you know, warheads. I mean, you need silver for that product. Everything basically has silver in it. You know, they're bringing out silver for bandages because of the healing process. But there is obviously pressure from these manufacturers to the government to keep prices down because, you know, if you put, all of a sudden put silver at $75... Everyone's jumping know, in. ...would a yeah. cell phone be, be more expensive? Would a flat-screen TV be more expensive? Of course it would. Everything that's manufactured that's got silver in would go up. So this is pressure from the lobbyists, from companies, to say, you better keep this down because we can't afford to manufacture You know, you're going to have third world nations picking silver out of old cell phones. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to happen when it gets to $100, $150 an ounce.
1: So you can't can't obviously be overly cautious. Uh, There is no way, shape or form, that one should be. To think that silver is going to stay in this price range is... It's silly, in my opinion. And of course, as it relates to mine production, we're seeing a dwindling supply. And of course, what the mine operators are going after is very simple. They're desperate to stay in business. So, what they're doing is they're resorting to going after high, high grade, uh, and they're mining only the richest, lowest cost deposits. And this means we're, uh, you know, we're left over lower grade deposits, and we're not getting the type of quality product we need to go to market. That's another huge problem for the market. And the last and, uh, you know, one of the catalysts that could be Uh, interesting to see going forward is real interest rates turning deeply negative. We're seeing in other parts of the world the financial media can be counted on to heavily cover every rhetorical nuance regarding the Fed's coming decisions about interest rates, but there's typically very scant or very little coverage about the most important rate of interest, and that's the real after-inflation rate on benchmarks such as the federal funds rate and the 10-year Treasury note. Real interest rates are positive when nominal rates exceed the inflation rate. When nominal rates are running below the inflation rate, the negative real interest rates are in force. So holding interest bearing instruments that sport uh, negative real rates is unappealing to savvy investors and many will choose to hold precious metals instead. And we're seeing in other parts of the world where banks are literally asking you to pay money in order to, you know, store your money. So no longer are you getting a percent of return on it. They're actually negative, which means you put 10 bucks in there, it's actually going to become zero sooner or later, even if there's no fees associated with the account because they're charging you an interest rate. Now, when it comes to uh, owning bullion at Guildhall, I want to make clear before we end this show this week, it couldn't be any easier. It's physical. You can open it up. You can use an RSP to do so, any type, and we can show you how to do that. But the other side of that coin is selling you have to know that it's easy to do it. You have the ability to go onto our website. You have the ability to buy the product through our e-commerce site. You can simply go to Guildhall Wealth and hit that button right up in the top right-hand corner. You can add product to the depository, visit your product as we said all show long and hold on to that product, put it in your RSP TFSAs. And when it comes time to push that button to sell, it's as easy as giving us a phone call. So all around, Gold and silver ownership from Guildhall is the easiest way I know to get into the market today. And think about topping all off with a natural fancy
0: colored diamond while you're at it. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Get the precious uh, precious metal advisor and the investor kit as well. This has been the Real Money Show from Talk Radio AM six forty.